One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, my name's Shabana Hearn. And I'm Jermaine Pennant. And this week, we're in for Hawksby and Jacobs. This is the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast, or the Ahern and Pennant Daily Podcast, with the best bits of the 1 till 4 show. Jermaine, we had a chat about Marcus Rashford and Paul Pogba, didn't we? Yes, and that was fun. You lay my thoughts on it in a second, but I can relate to how Rashford might be feeling, so I wish him well. So we were also joined by Martin Kellner to talk about the wags in the new Married to the Game docuseries on Amazon Prime. I love it. Yeah, that was fun. I really enjoy speaking to the 90-year-old Erling Haaland, Mike Ninja Fisher. And we also were joined by frontman Mark Knopfler. So here it all is. Enjoy. Jermaine, you ready for the weekend? Yes, can't wait. Uh, what do you do, what do, you do the weekend? Well, it, it depends. Yeah, if it's not raining, it's a bit of golf. If it's not golf, then it's um, watching F1. If it's not F1, it's watching football. It's good that you're here with us today to get into all the F1 chat because that's your hobby on the side. Yes, that is my probably my biggest hobby apart from golf on the, why, throughout the week. Why Formula One? <sighs> Do you know, I, I don't know. It's a good, it's a really good question. I, I can't remember my father used to watch it back in the day and I used to hate it. I think it's the most boring sport out there. And then once I just kind of got into it and delved into it more depth of just watching cars going around there's like a lot more to it um, the dynamics the the, the, the the executions the decisions that have to be made it's so interesting mm. and so just, since then like the past five, five years I've really you know really took to it good and what about the golf what are you playing off now then I'm single figure oh good on you yeah, I know right so what is single figure what are we nine uh, no <laughs> so I just scraped the barrier nine here I, no I'm eight Eight. Good for you. I eight. think my husband's eight now. Is he? Yeah, but the rain's cancelling a lot of plans. It, I yeah, think at it's, the it's not. It's not good at the moment. By the way, what is this weather about? Uh, we've had. The, I think this is the the most rain we've had in like two hundred something odd, odd years. I, I know I'm getting old when all I do is focus on the weather. Yeah, it's, it's depressing though. You look out, you witness it's just pouring down. I mean, taking the kids into school this morning, you'll know if you were on the school run. It wasn't raining. It was like. We get out of the car and we're just soaked yeah. instantly, trying to charge down to the school. Everyone's running. The kids are wet before they get in the class. It's like, oh, come on. It's carnage. It's the first of March. Give us a bit of sunshine. I've lost my Scottish roots. I'm a southern softie now. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Where are you playing golf this weekend? If it's... Um, the, the, the Grove. Do you but play the Grove? Now? Yes. Very it's nice. um, it's really nice. It, that takes the, uh, the water really well, so... No complaints there. You've, you know they've got the like private pool and the beach and all that there too. It's nice, you? isn't it? Have you in the are spa? You, are you there? Are you in there? No, nah, let's go golf and get out of there. Okay, that's yeah. what I really want to do come the summer because I went for I think it was our anniversary. We went for a bite to eat at the Grove, and uh, we went for a little snoop. You know, spot the ones who can't afford to have a membership there because you just creep round to have a little look, and um, it looks so posh. There's an actual beach there and swimming yeah, pool. It, it's, it's magnificent. It's mm. an absolutely fantastic hotel, spa, and golf resort. 
first to none. Nice part of the world. Also, uh, Talk Sports 5 aside, I hear that you're uh, you I'm signed up, yeah. All-stars. I'm on your contract. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they paying you well? Yeah, well, leave it up the, up the NC. Um, yeah, so I'll be playing in that again. It was a good turnout um, last year. Good game, close game. Um, so, yeah, I'll be playing for the All-Stars against Breakfast. Do you know who the Breakfast manager is? No, I don't. Um, no, I'm due. Are you? Oh, hello. Hello. Hello, Gaffer. Nice to meet oh, you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Ali's manager, and I think I'm assistant to the manager, yeah. but I think there's also doubts whether Ali McCoyce will rock up on time. Yeah, you're probably With no disrespect, Ali, if you're listening. If you're listening, so yeah. I'm a, a no Scot- faith in you. Scottish backup. But that's better. That's what you'd rather, wouldn't you? I, I think they'll listen to you anyway. <laughs> a lot better. I think the boys will listen to you. I think they'll take no, no nonsense from Ali. I'll start, I'll start complaining uh, <laughs> if, if they don't follow my lead. But that should be fun. Looking forward to Talk Sports 5 aside. We've got lots coming up on the show today, Jermaine. Um, so many interesting stories. Paul Pogba been one yep. of them um, now facing this four-year ban he's going to go against it he wants to appeal this he's he's livid at the whole situation it's just amazing the fall from grace this player's had yeah it's it, it is really scary a player in that position you think he's got the best of everything around him you know medical team staff managers agents to find yourself in this position you know world cup winner you know the world at his feet bags of talent to now all of a sudden by taking one stupid stupid decision to then potentially having no career in the game again yeah. at the age of 30. It's it's bizarre. I mean, it, okay, he's going to appeal this anyway. We're going to talk about it later on. But how do you find yourself in that position when you're a professional athlete possibly being involved in, you know, drugs you know scandals and whatever like that and doping? How do you find yourself in that situation? It's, it's a great question, as in, because... It, he had the attributes. He was strong. He was quick. Yeah. He looked fit. He was lean. So I, I, I am just a bit baffled of why you would put yourself in that jeopardy to gain what? Mm. It's not. Uh, it's not. You're not going to be gaining. A, a, um, you're not going to turn into Lionel Messi overnight by taking these whatever substance he's taking. So I don't know if it was advised terribly. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's a really tricky one. It's not a good look. Also, back no. page of the Sun today, Bruno Fernandez, a picture of him out and about in the streets of Manchester. But Jermaine, what was your thoughts on Eric Ten Hag yesterday saying that he wants an apology <laughs> from Fulham on their TikTok video, <laughs> saying that Fernandez is basically rolling about and you know, it's just embarrassing. Yeah, well, what an apology from Fulham! Come on. Well, if that's the case, if he wants an apology from Fulham, then I think every manager, team, coach, you know, club would would probably want apologies from everyone, left, right, and centre. End of the day, that's part and parcel of the game. It is. You yeah. know, and and it's not something that's not warranted. It, it's something that's there in playing black and white. How he handles himself on the pitch and off the pitch, so you know he's he's only opened himself up to scrutiny. Absolutely, I mean, there's not a game goes by where you don't no, notice exactly Bruno Fernandez rolling about. And I think <laughs> the reason this has come up even more is because there's a bit of Bruno watch going on now too. I'm sure it was Jamie O'Hara had mentioned it the other day. Um, you know, just we know that he likes to roll about and he can throw his arms in the air up many times. We also know he's a great player, mm. but we want to have that conversation with the listeners today. Is he? right to be the Manchester United captain but if he's not who is you know it's a, it's a real tough one to identify an absolute out and out leader in that squad yeah you look you look through the depth of the squad and you think who can lead this team obviously Maguire had a good choice but he's not he's not a player he's not a starter really you want a starter but to be leading your as a captain week in week out um but you look through the through the 
with the system and there's no one really there that stands out. You mm. go, yes, that's a leader. But you said it earlier on, Shaban, that the best bet is probably Scott Matoni, but about how his, his effort, he's passionate about the club and, you know, his interviews that he says, he, he says it how it is, he doesn't, you know, cut no uh, rubbish. So I think he's probably the best candidate, candidate but mm. he doesn't start. So it's, exactly that. it's a tough one. He's super sub. Who was your mm. best captain? Um, and why? What was the attribute that Stephen Gerrard? Right. Yeah, I think I would say like you got you had Patrick Vieira and that, but I wasn't a, a main start a player in that team. I was coming through yeah, the ranks and, and made a few appearances. But when I was playing, it was definitely Stephen Gerrard because not only was he a, a great leader and a great player, but you you kind of you were scared of him to a certain degree as well. And that's what you want as a captain. You want to look at him thinking, all right, I, I don't want to get on the wrong side. Where Bruno, you're like ah whatever Bruno right. <laughs> you got that kind of but but he, he led by example he wouldn't be rolling around he wouldn't be he would be you know pointing fingers and shouting at you with that message make, making sure it's getting across to you and you're like you don't want to lay him down like I was more worried about what Stevie G fought on the pitch in the changing room at training than Rafa Benitez really yeah, yeah. Rafa could say do this do that and I'm like oh, okay I'll, I'll do it but when Stevie G said it it was like oh, I better do this and he said, get the ball, and I think, right, where's Stevie? Let me give it to him so I'm not in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. he had that impact, he had Presence. that aura, yeah, mm. where you you see him running around doing tackles, you know, diving in 50-50, you would do the same. You would think, I need to match my captain. Mm. I need to do what he's doing, because if, it, if I don't, he's going to pull me out at half-time or on the pitch. Did he ever have to give you a pull and give you a stern word? Oh, he gave me a few. You know, like a little, a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> a little bit of a rocket. A little, a little bit of rocket, yeah. A little wisdom of encouragement. Um, mm. But no, never really, you know, no, Andy Cuffs or any, anything, you know, major. It was just, you know, you can do better than that. Come yeah. on, come but on. The captains of old, you know, are, are such a different time. Now, we were watching um, Wayne Rooney last night on the overlap. Um, you look at the job that he did for Manchester United then. The goals, you know, he had defenders on their backsides. And he was up and always at it. And you mm. just, you don't see that with Bruno Fernandes. That said, he's a great player. He's a great asset to Manchester United. But they're missing a proper leader. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Jermaine Pennant is with us, but not for much longer. <laughs> because uh, he's just done the un- the unthinkable, the unspeakable thing that you say <laughs> to a woman. Why, why is crossed? <laughs> it's cr- you, may, you may as well have asked me if I'm pregnant, Jermaine. Ah, <laughs> oh, you carrying a bit over there. He goes to me, I said, how old are you, Jermaine? He went, I'm 41. And I went, I wish I looked like you when I'm 41. And he went, oh, you're 41 too? <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Okay, show might be over now, guys. Only Shaban's going to take over now, guys. It's like, been a pleasure. Do you think I look 41? I'll come round there. Uh, Jeez uh, Louise. We've all been there, haven't cross-wise, we? Crosswise, crosswise. And you put the old foot in the mouth with the Shaban, you look age. great. Thank you, Jermaine. You absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Eric Dyer in the news today has triggered an option to make his move to Bayern Munich permanent this summer. Uh, also, Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp has ruled Mo Salah out of their game at Nottingham Forest tomorrow, but says he's not far off a return. That's positive for Liverpool fans. And Marcus Rashford has hit back at his critics, demanding they never question his commitment to Manchester United. So we're going to get into that now and join us to go through it all as sports psychotherapist Gary Balloon. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Shaban. And hello, Jermaine. Hi, Gary. Good to have you with us. Listen, Gary, the the kind of open letter that Rashford had given yesterday gave us a good insight as to, A, how he wants to respond to critics and how he also appreciates that media have to do their job. 
the media think that they know Marcus Rashford because of performances that we see, but it also gives a good insight to, to his backstory. People think they know my family's story, but they're only scratching the surface. There's a lot of people that don't know because I don't feel comfortable sharing it while I'm still playing, but the struggle was real. It wasn't a commercial, it wasn't a movie. People say that I'm uh, where I'm from and the move all over when I was a kid. I stayed everywhere. Um, with my mum, my auntie, Moss side with my nana, moving around a lot of places uh, all over. And that kind of says a lot about where he was growing up. Do you think that's affecting the mindset that he's in at the minute? Wow, what a, what a good question that is. Um, I think it's slightly wider than that. And I think what I really liked about what you just said and, and quoting Marcus is we don't know what's going on. Um, there's so much, and Jermaine will know this by his own personal story, of course, that there's so much going on in an individual's life. It's so easy to criticise or be critical of, of another person, be this elite sportsman or woman, whoever they are, but you don't know what their story is, just like nobody knows what my story is or your story or Jermaine's yeah. story. I mean, Jermaine's story became very public. But those sort of things, no matter what it is, a personal issue, it could be a relationship, um, something that's going on in his personal life, he might not want the world to know. And why would he? He is entitled to that privacy, just like we all are. So I'm not I'm not buying into this. Everybody can see what's going on there. We don't know what's going on. From a sports perspective then, Gary, how do players manage or, or any athlete manage to park that personal stuff that they're dealing with to be able to perform at a high level? Or do the fans need to be more real and expect a little bit less if they're going through a tough time? Well, how would the fans know is, is the most obvious thing to say there. Um, I think, I hope Marcus has got psychological support. I'd be very surprised if he hasn't. Um, and I've no idea whether he hasn't has or hasn't also. Uh, you have to work with a professional, just like if you went, if you had a, a medical issue, you would go to your GP. Mm -hmm. I think it's still, there's still a huge prejudice. And this is where I go on to my favorite hobby horse. There's a huge prejudice for elite men, elite sportsmen and women, and all in individuals to say, something's not wrong in my life, something's not right in my life, I need to get it sorted, I want to go to a professional person. And that's how I work with professional sportsmen and women, I tend to work with a lot of personal issues. Usually the on the field issues are relatively straightforward and sports psychology has been going long enough to deal with those. But the personal issues affect us all, be they depression, anxiety, falling out with a loved one, be it a parent, being a partner, you've no idea. And they will be brought onto the pitch unless you get help and work out how to keep it away from the pitch, if that's possible. And who's, say, who's to say it's possible? Yeah, yeah this is where he probably needs um, good people around him to uh, see how he's feeling, how he's going, and maybe push him in that direction to go and speak to someone. Because like you said, when you try and keep this in yourself and try and deal with it yourself, there is no way that you can go on a pitch as an elite uh, athlete and perform at the highest level with these issues in the background, whether it's stem from trauma as a child, which is you know, now coming to the forefront, um, you, you know, the performance dropping, the, the pressures of being at Man United and them not doing well. Like I said, there's so much, there's so much more to this. And I think for, for Marcus Rashford, going to seek someone a professional like yourself would do him a world of good. And he also needs them people close to him to advise that and maybe push in that direction. Let me tell you a little story which kind of highlights the issue for me, Jermaine. I went to see a Premier League footballer 
um, and we we met, and he he looks at me, a very famous football. I look at him. I said, "Is there anything you want to ask?" And he looked at me straight in the eye and said, "How do I know I can trust you? How do I know this isn't going to be in the papers tomorrow?" Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's difficult. Sorry. No, no, it is difficult as a as a professional footballer. You don't want your dirty laundry aired out. Um, you kind of sometimes when you're going through struggles. I remember when I was playing, um, I didn't want to speak to anyone. I was embarrassed to say what I was, um, you know, worried about, depressed about, and how things weren't going my way, and how it was affecting me. I tried to, I, I kept it all in. So um, I can understand why he doesn't want to always worried about sharing all this information, but yeah. I think it would be in his you know, best and greatest interest. Yeah, so do I. But there's a, there's another slightly bigger issue here, which I hope you don't mind me just taking a minute out to explain. What model do you want to have? Do you want to have a psychotherapist inside a football club and people might see players, other members of staff going into that person's office? Or do you want to use somebody outside the organisation? Now, my I've had experience of both working inside and outside, and criticism has come both ways. Well, you can't put a psychotherapist in an office inside a training facility. Everybody knows there's no, there's no secrets. You put a psychotherapist outside a training facility and say, here's a telephone number if you're struggling, nobody rings you. Right. Yeah. So, you, so I, I'm not quite sure at times how to – I mean, the interesting thing, I mean, most of my referrals come through agents yeah. who will ring me up and say, oh, fed up with so-and-so ringing me. I'm getting it every day now about how unhappy he is. And I think that's a really good starting point to any professional footballers or athletes listening at the moment. If you have representation, go to your agent and say to your agent, look, I need help. I need somebody who's experienced in this stuff. Once they start opening up, you know, it's... it's A real healer, I would imagine. It's fairly quick how, how, how quickly things improve. I've had players come and see me who can't get anywhere near a first team squad and maybe a month and a half later are back in the first team because there's some fairly simple fixes to some of these problems. Gary Bloom, sports psychotherapist, thank you so much for your time on this this afternoon. I definitely feel sitting here now it's important to say that we have to break the stigma around getting professional help for your mental health because if you've not got your mental health in shape, it's so hard to achieve the basics in life. Think about it going to the gym. You build muscle, you get fit, you can lift whatever you want to lift. You can push yourself to the next level. If your mind is out of shape, well, then it's mm -hmm. hard to overcome the simplest of barriers. So seeking out professional help is nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed of in any way of life. But mm. for sports, we look at sports people and we see them as gods. So for the idea of them struggling, sometimes there's little sympathy because they get paid a lot of money yeah, and that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, that that is a, a big stigma that you've got, you know, you're getting paid hundreds of thousand pounds a week, then you should be happy. Yeah. What are you moaning for? Mm -hmm. But there's, you know, money doesn't solve everything. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. And Manchester United lead by two goals to nil on the stroke of half-time. Pogba started it, Pogba finished it. We're hearing from Italy this lunchtime that he's been handed a four-year ban from football. That after he failed a drugs test last August. He might just get a reduced sentence to two years, maybe three. Even that, he turned 31 in March. So I think even if he trains on his own for two years mm. and doesn't play, who would give him a contract? Four years for me, not lifetime. I'm not giving him a lifetime ban, but four years for me is, is adequate. Is it cheating? 
Yeah, of course it's cheating. I think it's lights out, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if the appeal fails. And, and bear in mind, it has to be filed within 21 days, so it doesn't give him and his team a, a lot of time to compile additional evidence. The worst thing that happened to him, winning a World Cup, where he could turn and say, I'm a World Cup winner. I think at that point, it was him going backwards. So, Paul Pogba tested positive for elevated levels of the naturally occurring hormone DHEA in a sample taken following UV's win at Udinese on August the 20th. He is absolutely devastated with the ruling and will be looking to appeal it and he's facing a four-year suspension from the game. 03717223344. How will he be remembered? Jermaine, let's go to you first. It's a shame. Um, I think it, this will shadow what he's done in the game. I think it's a, a massive thing, this, a massive story. And to be out of the game for four years, you know, people will look back. They always do. Sometimes the negative outshines the positive. And, and, and this is one of those things. It's, it's, it's a massive thing. He's a World Cup winner, great player, great talent. And then to be banned for four years, potentially, um, it's 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 going to ruin his legacy. What he's what he's done in the game. I th I think personally. How can you find yourself in that situation when you're an elite athlete and testing happens all the time? <coughs> where is this? I mean, obviously he's going to appeal it, but mm. <laughs> do you think it just looks very dodgy? Do he looks like he's been cheating here? It, it, look, it looks like we don't know the ins and outs. I'm sure we'll find out um, in the appeal. But I, th I think Paul. Paul Bogba is, is a player who likes to be in the limelight. He likes to be the centre of attention. Mm. We've seen that throughout his uh, career. And does he feel that he's he's dropping? Does he feel like he needed that lift? He needed that spark? He needed that little bit of help to put him to those heights? Again, he's 30 now. So, you know, that's when you start reaching a little bit of the cliff in your performance and in your, in, in your playing style. So is he trying to, again, get to those heights as he was as, as a youngster? He's totally spoiled himself because there was also the pictures of him when he went skiing when, you know, playing for Juventus, he went actually to a ski slope <laughs> and posted pictures and I thought, are you all right? Like, you know, <laughs> we can see this now and that's something that you cannot be doing as yeah. a sportsman. Skiing's forbidden. Um, jet skiing, skiing is, is we're, obviously we're not insured for those things, so it, it's, it's forbidden. And look, there's always been controversy surrounding Paul, Paul um, Pogba. There's always been incidents, you know, his family things, his brother trying to blackmail him for millions of pounds. Um, and that's just the character he is. But uh, again, this one, I think, is possibly a, a step too far to, to, to ruin your career, to ruin not playing the, the, the sport that you love for potentially a four years if the appeal doesn't go. It's just a massive waste. 2016, he joined Manchester United again. He stayed till 2022. 226 games in that time and 39 goals. He won the Europa League and he won the League Cup and then went off on a free transfer. Do you think he was a completely underrated player or was he completely overrated? It's, it's a tough one because we saw glimpses of absolutely genius when he was at Juventus mm. and, you know, got that humongous transfer fee to, to Manchester United. And then there was slight glimpses of those days at Juventus in United, but it wasn't consistent enough. So, and we've seen him for France. When he played for France, he was it was you know, one of their best players. It was an incredible watch. Yeah, for it? France, yes. Yeah. Him at so, that time, you thought, how come that can't come to Manchester United? Ex exactly that. So I won't say he was underrated. He was rated as, as you know, he was so he should be, but he was 
very inconsistent. So, mm. you know, there's always question marks about his attitude, his ability, his mental um, state and where he is in, in, in his head and in the game. But, yeah, you, you can't take away. Paul Pogba is a, a great athlete, a great footballer, but there's just something not right upstairs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's the way you say it sometimes. But you're right. I mean, we spoke about this earlier on. Mm. I guess uh, with, with Marcus Rashford, you don't know the full details behind the scenes, yeah. and and his the documents what we've we've seen from Paul Pogba, you know, pretty colourful in, in terms of yeah. what you speak about his family, etc., and what's been happening to him. But do you ever think he he'll be remembered as one of the greats in the Premier League, or is that? A... Uh, I I don't think so. But I, I don't think there was enough consistency at United or in the Premier League. Um, when he was when he was here, like I said, we we just saw little bits of uh, magic here and there in, in a few games, but I don't think he's he's a, amongst the greatest in the Premier League at all. I mean, you've got to look back on his time here and then going to Juventus, the twelve games that you had and zero goals, and now to be facing this band, do you ever think there's a way back into football? <laughs> look, it's Paul Bogba is a massive name, so there probably will be a, a, a way back. But it at that elite level, I, I I don't think it will be that high. You know, you're looking at you know Division One, League Two, wherever it be abroad. Do you ever think he's one of the biggest flops that Manchester United has ever had? You've had some flops, Man United have, uh, <laughs> especially over <laughs> this last but that, say, but ten year yeah, period. It's ridiculous. I, I think for the for the price tag, you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Martin Keltner is with us now. I'm just joking, Martin. Good for you to be with us this afternoon from squad number nine, of course, and from TalkSport at the weekends. How are you? What have you been watching for us? I'm absolutely fine, thanks, Shaban, and a very good afternoon to yourself and to uh, Jermaine. Um, I've been watching uh, Married to the Game on uh, Amazon Prime, uh-huh. which is, I mean, if you're into all this sort of lifestyles of the rich and famous, yeah. 
uh, it's it's quite interesting. It's quite, I, I was interested to know um, how they set it up and why they set it up. I presume there's a lot of agents and things involved. Right. Uh, and basically, just to tell you the story, it's a docu-series. It's on Amazon Prime. And it's five footballers. The five footballers are Ilkay Gundogan, Jorginho, James Tarkovsky, Matt Turner and Riyad Mahrez. So there's the five of them. Um, Tarkovsky and Matt Turner sort of turn up a little bit later on. But in the first series, it's mostly Ilkay Gundogan, uh, Jorginho, Riyad Mahrez. Now... When, you, when you're watching it at the start, I thought this is very sort of real Housewives of Cheshire mm. territory. You know, we see a load of uh, Riyad Mahrez and his wife uh, or girlfriend, actually, Taylor Ward. Actually, I think it's his girlfriend. I'm not sure it's his wife or his girlfriend. They avoid using the word wags, which is quite an amazing <laughs> reticence when you think of it. You know, five, five footballers, five women. Uh, they don't use the word wags and they try and, um, I suppose, they try and... Uh, the idea of it is to, you know, give full credit to the women, the wives, you know, the girlfriends, um, for what the what the footballs have achieved. Because yep. uh, one of the slogans is behind every great player is an even greater woman. Oh, well, cute. the, uh, cute. Well, do, the you, do you believe that, Jermaine? No, Absolutely. I think the jury's still out on that. <laughs> no, no, you need a strong woman. <laughs> You've got woman. to say that, Jermaine. You need a strong woman in your corner. Trust me. Yeah. I don't think the but, wives get enough respect. Do you know what I mean? They're always seen as like a distraction when it comes to major yeah. tournaments. It's like, stick the wives out on an island. We can't have them distracting the men. I'm like, their, their wives calm down. Stick them well, on an island. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. In this particular series, uh, Shaban, they do get their say mm. in that, uh, you know, you see them, first of all, you know, you see them and it's all the, um, the sort of luxurious lifestyle and all that. So you see all that. People like to see that. You know, I mentioned lifestyles of the rich and famous. People love it. Yeah, anybody brought up in Collyhurst likes to get a little glimpse of Alderley Edge from time to time. That's all great. Um, but then when the players move away, and as you know, if you're following the, uh, you know, following the saga, Ilkay, Ilkay Gundogan goes to Barcelona, uh, Riyad Mahrez goes to uh, Saudi. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, of course, you re I mean, they're not because you know they're going to be so sort of well looked after as far as material things go. They don't get a huge, you know, you don't expect to get a huge amount of sympathy. But the fact they've got to uproot, you know, especially somebody as Sarah, I think it is, who is uh, with uh, Riyad... I'm trying to think yeah. who she's with. I can't remember which one. But she's with one of Manchester. Ilkay, yeah, she's with Ilkay Gundogan. And he goes off to uh, Barcelona. She's lived in Manchester all her life. Now, if you can't... I mean, Barcelona is a very livable city. You know, it's not like going to Saudi. But it's still... She's got to root herself from all her family and all that. I mean, you'll know what this is like, uh, Jermaine. You know, having played in Singapore and India and Wigan... You'll know what it's like to uh, to go to strange places. Yeah. That do. I didn't mind going to Singapore for after Wigan. Tell you that. <laughs> Sorry, Wigan. I kind of adapted well. <laughs> yes, well, well done with that. Um, but uh, yeah, so you do get to see that side of it. The fact that they do have to uproot, and whereas materially they're going to be very well looked yeah. after, you know that. 
um, they'll they miss their family, and you see some you know some quite interesting human. It's put it this way: it's one of those programs that I would not necessarily have watched were I not doing this with you two. And I knew you'd be interested in Shaban anyway. Um, it's proper although- escapism that can I tell you for me. Like I love the Housewives, the Beverly Hills Housewives. I'm in all in, and actually yeah. I'm looking forward to watching this. But my husband's having none of it, and it's one of those shows that <laughs> it's properly made. I think not to be sexist, calm down, don't try and come for me, but you know. The, it's made for the it's made for the women to really have a yeah. go up at the lifestyle kind of well, thing. Well, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what you will love about it, and that's the uh, party that uh, Kat, who is uh, Jorginho's mm-hmm. uh, girlfriend, uh, whom he refuses to. Uh, she, she's having a big birthday party, and she assumes that this is going to be the uh, occasion when uh, Jorginho will get down on one knee. Oh yeah, he we've quickly, seen that. Yeah. He quickly disabuses her of that concept. So that's not going to happen. But the party <laughs> she has is unbelievable. Um, yeah, when you if you do like that lifestyle stuff, you love it because um, the party she has is it would have cost just slightly less than the investiture of King Charles. Oh. Uh, they, uh, for instance, that somebody has to drive to Watford. I don't know why Watford, but somebody has to drive to Watford at four o'clock in the morning to pick up 60 kilograms of lemons for this party. <laughs> so work out the gin and tonics for 60 kilograms of, of lemons, precisely. Sounds like and my have, kind of party. <laughs> oh, it's a hell of a party. Hell of a party. So that's married so, to the game. It's now available on Amazon Prime. I have to say, a lot of people talking about it. It's doing the rounds on TikTok, too. It looks quite funny. Is Jermaine, it? Yes, it is funny. It's funny. Yeah, Jermaine loves it. Uh, also, the United Way is something you've been watching. I think my hubby might like this. Yeah, uh, the United Way is great, actually. It's, it's a doco on Sky. Interesting, it's made by Matthew Lorenzo, who I happen to, or his company I happen to know, is a, a huge West Ham fan. But he um, he's very sympathetic towards United in this. And whatever you say about Manchester United, whether you love them or hate them, they are a very special club, and it all goes back obviously to the Busby Babes. You know, if you tell any story about Manchester United, you have to start with the Busby Babes. Mm-hmm. The story's told by Eric Cantona, who clearly wasn't alive when the, uh, when the plane crashed uh, at Munich. Um, but he's, uh, he's very good, you know, I mean, he's such a performer, Eric Cantona. I mean, a lot of it is him actually sitting on a stage telling the story of Manchester United. Uh, they cover the Cantona years, they cover the post-Matt Busby years, which are, of course were uh, very difficult, rather like United nowadays, really. You know, difficult to, after a boss like Matt Busby, difficult to, uh, to fix on a, you know, on a permanent boss who's going to take the United story on. Um, but some great stories from the um, from the Ron Atkinson days. Uh, I think it was uh, yeah, uh, and also the Tommy Doherty days. Tommy Doherty, a bit of a, you know a, a bit of an authoritarian manager. Uh, Ron, very much less so. They used to have captains' meetings every week, which was basically people like uh, Norm Whiteside, um, Brian Robson, uh, McGrath sitting down in a pub discussing everything. Uh, Gordon Strachan says he went to uh, one of those meetings, the captains' meeting. He said, "I arrived back in the boot of Brian Robson's." car had absolutely no idea what, and that was the united culture <laughs> under uh, under big ron you know there was very little he wasn't showing them videos uh-huh. of what the of what the other team were doing it was just you know get it up to the two big front men bump bump and away we go <laughs> and that's sort of worked for him yeah where can we watch that again martin uh sky documentaries that one's on perfect Good. and you're back on the radio this weekend aren't you i certainly am 1am
Martin, if this if this was the Anfield way, I'd probably watch it, but I've no interest in the United way. I'll leave this one to Shaban. It's good. It's good. It's well worth watching. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Squad number nine, Martin Kellner, back on the radio at one o'clock this morning. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I feel like I've been waiting for this moment for quite some time because we've got a very special guest with us next, Jermaine. Yep. You may have read about him in the, the papers earlier on this week. He's been dubbed the 90-year-old Erling Haaland. Uh, also has the nickname as the Ninja. His name's <laughs> Mike Fisher and he's Britain's oldest football striker. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Good. Whereabouts are you based in the world, Mike? I'm in, in a place called Bloxford in uh, just outside Warsaw. Wonderful. Listen, you brought a smile to lots of our faces this week when we got to read about you in uh, the paper on, on the day of your 90th birthday. You were yeah. taking part in your, your local walking football team. Yes. How did that go for you? All right. I mean, uh, two times a week, they're just a bunch of us who play together. We... Uh, we just we get two teams out and play together, and that is where I score a lot of my goals. You didn't just score a couple of goals; you scored five goals on the same night that Erling Haaland scored five against Luton. You're you're a player. Yeah, I got, I got, I got five goals in. Uh, I got five goals that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it just like that? Just casually, I got five goals. <laughs> how does it feel? How does it feel to to be in the same conversation as Erling Haaland scoring five goals? Because it's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. We ain't, ain't worthy of the time. We think it's what it is. <laughs> where did you get your nickname, the Ninja, from? Um, it's where I used to be. When I used to be, I would go, go forward. They'd never find me. They, I think I was in one place, and I'd be in another place. You know, they never knew where I was going to be. Right, okay. So, what would you do for your fitness? How, how will you still be able to do this? Because I'm 35, I play one game, and I'm thinking, um, that's it. I, I went back to walk for a, a few weeks. <laughs> how was it for you? I don't want to feel it at all. I don't do no running about or do my own. I just get into the penalty area and I just stop there. You just stop there. Go, go on, hanging. Listen, Mike, good for you. You've got two walking football teams. You're scoring five goals for fun. <laughs> uh, and you're a Luton fan too. Pardon? You're a Luton fan? Yes, yes. Oh, good. Do you think they'll survive the Premier League? I'm hoping so. Mm. You've got an interesting story too because you're also an RAF veteran. Anything that you haven't done, Mike? Putting <laughs> Jermaine to shame over you? Yeah, I was in the three years. I was in two, two years I was, uh, overseas. When's your next game? When can we next see you in action, Mike? Um, Monday. Monday night <laughs> football you, MNF. Do you play yeah, golf? Do you play golf, Mike? Good morning. Monday morning. Oh, good. Do you play golf? No, I'll play Ah, see, I can do that. Ah, yes, <laughs> I've got one on you. <laughs> Mike, congratulations. What would be your advice to anybody who thinks they can't do something because of age? Well, I don't know if there's any difference, really. If you're fit enough to do it, do it. Well, you can do it. If you can walk, I think you can play walking football. That's a very good point. Mike, the Ninja Fisher, Britain's oldest striker. Thank you so much for coming on this afternoon. You brought a smile to our faces. Good luck at MNF. Um, and hopefully you can score six goals this Monday. Mike Fisher. You know when people just like get on with that and they just yeah, smile? Absolutely. Just don't care. He's just, I like uh, that attitude. Yeah, if you can no, you do it, do it. it. If you can walk, then go and play football. And still playing his football. 90 years of old. I know, I know. I hope I live to I, I, I'm just about to say that. I hope I get to that um, landmark. What age do you think you'll get to? 
Wow. I thought we had, um, I'm saying 80s. 80s. 80. Well, we've stuck a bet on, and actually, I'm joking. But <laughs> <laughs> not done that. Uh, Mike the Ninja Fisher. God, I love him. Nice to hear from him here on TalkSport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. to come to London Cos I couldn't find a job But I don't intend to stay long If I make a few quick bob It's cold up there in summer It's like sitting inside a fridge But I wish I was on the case side Looking at the old time bridge I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown It's hill. almost like I could have written that song those lyrics were, were made. Was that made for you, Shaban? Made for me. Oh. Glasgow boy, indeed. Mark Knopfler. Uh, that's the going home theme from local hero. And Mark Knopfler is with us now on Talksport. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon. How are you doing? Very, very good, thanks. See, that accent doesn't leave you now, does it? No. Well, actually, I was when I was a little kid, when I was really small, I was broad Scots, but... Uh, they went moved to Geordie Land when yeah. I was about six, seven or eight, and then and then the the, the my mum's Geordie, so was Geordie, so um, uh, uh, but the, the, that family, I mean mum's family, Geordie's from Scotland, so essentially, you know, the the Geordie just came in, and I haven't been able to move it. Uh, <laughs> since. Have you tried, tried to move it, Mark? Have you tried moving it? I've tried them. You tried? tried oh no! Speak them more, more cultured, you know, but it doesn't really. But when you when well. you speak to a Glaswegian, you always manage to go hello. <laughs> Oh, well, I can always go back and do that. Yeah, awesome. I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Keep it like that for the next ten minutes, Mark. <laughs> I'm just joking. Talk to us about the work you're doing with Teenage Cancer Trust and your song "Going Home." Oh well, it's just a lovely thing. Mm. I mean, it's just—it's a privilege to do it. Really, um, you know, it, it was already—you know—it's all, it's already the the sort of anthem at the at the, at the NUFC, mm-hmm. you know, at the Newcastle Ground and everything, and it. And 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 it was suggested that that we do a, a version for um for you know for the Teenage Cancer Trust, which is in America it's Teen Cancer and over here it's a Teenage Cancer Trust. So this the whole thing is being shared by both charities, a hundred percent, fifty percent to each. Okay. Um, but it's actually just a a pile of guests, guitar playing guests. Uh, you're all playing. Not at the same time, I hasten to add, mm. uh, because that would be like herding cats. Uh, no, they're all, but all, all contributing to a a version of of going home, and um, so part a lot of it was done in my studio. A lot, a lot of it was done by people who contributed, and and they they just played. They they put their parts on in their own studios and sent them over to my studio. And uh, I was assisted by Guy Fletcher, who was uh, is my sort of buddy in 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 the band in my band for many years. Yeah. And I trained up as a as a kid. He trained as a as a recording engineer, and he spent his time sleeping under the desk, so he knows what he knows what mm. recording is about. And um, it was just incredible. I mean, the pe- people who who the people who who played on this thing and it started with well it started really with uh, with Pete Townsend 
came in first and 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 with a guitar and an amp sounded fantastic the eric clapton was second wow. and that was sounded fantastic and he was in he came in the studio like pete did and then there was um, there was you know um dave gilmore from from david gilmore from from the pink from the floyd and then he was lovely and everybody just was just great and then things started appearing from america you know, you'd, you'd be you'd be good in one day, and then Bruce Springsteen has sent sent a piece in, and uh, you know it was just went on like that. And Hank Marvin, speaking of Geordies, um, played great on it because, of course, he the Shadows played that tune. Yeah. So, and and in fact, Hank used to get up with us with Dire Straits years ago and play the encore, play going home as an encore with us. Um. Mind you, Pete used to do the same thing, but he used to play on something else. I can't remember what it was. But, um, uh, yeah, so the whole thing's been just, it took it, 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 it in fact, there was so much stuff coming in yeah. that um, I said to the guy, how long's this thing going to be? It's going to go. <laughs> it's, it's quite the guest from, list, I have to say. You've yeah, got members of the Beatles. Go from here to Birmingham. You know, long... It is long, yeah. It's a long old list of very famous it, pals yeah. of yours, Mark. Mark, so, quick so one what, before you go. What, when you hear the theme tune played over at Newcastle, the yeah. Fangs singing it, how, oh, is that a terrible. special special moment? It's, it's it's terrible. I can't tell you. just how... It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's... What do you think? I mean, it's. Fantastic. I think every team's got a theme tune to come out. To. I think it's 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 amazing experience. You know, you got it's, Anfield Walk alone. It's an amazing experience. Yeah. An amazing experience. I mean, imagine if you'd written, you know, you'll never walk alone. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And you were at you were at the ground. Well, it's just like that. Yeah. You know, it's it 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 is a phenomenal feeling. Yeah, I can imagine. And actually, even if I'm if I'm watching on 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 television, it's still something else it's yeah. just tremendous who, who do you think uh, does it better parkhead or anfield mark just out of curiosity oh, no. go on no. then come oh, on because you're from glasgow so you oh, can't do on. that mark you've got to answer the question no no i tell you what <laughs> i like good answer way. mate <laughs> i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> great fans you know and oh, yeah. uh in the, the, the that's that's one of the i think that's one of the prerequisites yeah. you know I know. I mean, I have management that follows one of the London teams, and I'm so sorry for him because, yeah. you know, they don't really, you know, it's not, it's not quite the same thing, is it? Mm. The prawn sandwich brigade. But, I know. <laughs> uh, but um, no, seriously, actually, um, there's some great teams in London, and 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 in fact, uh, I would just like to add to the well wishes and goodbyes to uh, Roy Hodgson who uh, yeah is given his life to um, you know to the game and just been fantastic that's a nice gesture Mark thank you very much for doing that this single and in, in aid of the Teenage Cancer Trust is now available to pre-order it's going home it's the theme from Local Hero and you can also hear it at Newcastle for every home game which I think you're going to be at tomorrow as well there's a presentation tomorrow for Newcastle against Wales Mark Knopfler thank you so much for your time and have a great weekend okay Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There you go. Thank you so much for listening. Jermaine, we're back covering H&G on Monday, so we will see you then. See you then, everyone.
And if you can't catch the show with myself and Jermaine on Monday from 1pm, then don't forget, obviously, the podcast will be available from 4. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com covered.